0: One week, you should just leave that in. I <laughs> might be there. And we're back.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast. A podcast that brings together a love for good beer and Bible discussion. You can find us on Instagram at beersandbible underscore. And on Twitter at beersandbiblep1. You can also email us at beersandbiblepodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. In the words of the Reformer, Martin Luther, Whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus, let us drink beer. So let's join our hosts, Rick and Patrick, for this week's discussion.
0: Welcome to episode 14 of the Beers and Bible Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Patrick. And I'm your other host, and my name is Rick. And we're happy to be with you again today. We are um, continuing in our... It's going to be forever endeavor <laughs> through concise theology. <laughs> but we're going to conclude part one tonight, so... Yes. There, we got that going for us. And we're also continuing our... Uh, journey through the Oktoberfest beers that we have decided we're gonna review here. If if we don't review yours just because you didn't suggest it, just That's remember right. that. We gave you ample opportunity to and I don't think we've gotten a single suggestion, so No, apparently people don't like Oktoberfest beers. I actually have really liked Oktoberfest beers. Yeah, so far the even even the Leinenkugel, which was not a great Oktoberfest beer, was still a decent beer. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was good. It was three and a half, so, I mean, three and a half is, I'd, I'd drink it if it's there. Yeah. I'm not going to buy it, but I'm not going to turn it down if it's free. Not going to I had, uh, so, the the one from last week, the Hofbrau. Mm-hmm. I totally drank the rest of those, like, in two days because it was so good. You might have a problem. I'm still <laughs> working on the... Uh, my 12 pack of Sam Adams. Sam Adams. I did not have them tonight. I only had a six pack of Sam Adams, so mine were long gone. Yeah, I, I didn't have one tonight. My uh, I had to get dinner on the way home from uh, church tonight. So uh, anyway, so what do we have tonight? What's on All right, the, what's so, on the bottle tonight? So tonight uh, we have. Is it Germany that pronounces W's with like a V? Yes. So that'd be a Varsteiner. Varsteiner. Um, das war whatever that means. Yeah, it's Oktoberfest. It's their special edition uh, beer. It's got all the same stuff that the one from last week had. This is another one of those authentic German beers. This was imported. Yes. The bottle says it was imported into the U.S. Um, from Warstein Germany. So, hey, what's the difference between water and brewing water? I guess they have a special kind of water they use. I've actually maybe got the purity thing. Yeah. On their website they've got that they use um Let's see here. Natural spring water is what they use to for their brewing, so maybe that's what they, they just call it brewing water. I love their ingredients list. Brewing water, barley malt, hops, hop extract. If you have those things you could you could make your own. That's it. That's all you need. Alright, so their website, um, is actually kinda cool to, to navigate if you haven't haven't they enabled it up. I mean it's kinda cool. I mean I wouldn't you know, it doesn't have everything like right out there, but you click on stuff and it takes you through and then you can click back and it takes you back to where you were. It's That's fun. I guess it's just a regular website at that point. <laughs> It's like it's, every every other website, but it's more <laughs> updated than some of the other websites we've we've were, tried. To, who, what was it Slopoor? though. Oh like, gosh, the, they were the worst. <laughs> like you want information? Too bad. Basically, <laughs> you're so, here to learn. Too bad. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, Quality Hops. On the bottle, it says 5.9 percent ABV. Mm-hmm. That matches what the website says. So oh, at least they good. got that gone for. Them. The German beers are instead of being twelve ounces, they're eleven point two ounces. It's it's like it's metric or something. I guess that's the difference. Yeah, I'm between not, sure, metric I'm not and, sure about that. So, because I have noticed that there's some like imported beers are typically like eleven point two ounces instead of twelve. Yeah, good old American twelve-ouncer. Takes they don't need to drink as much, I guess. So I guess not. This bottle's kind of cool. It's got like the blue, a blue and white. Uh, yeah. It's not, this one is, it's not quite checkerboard, but. This one looks like, as clear as last week's one. Last mm-hmm. week's did, so. Again, with the German purity thing, I guess there's something to that because last week's was really good, and that makes me excited about this one. Yep. So, I guess we can. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Let's crack, crack these it. things open. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get into it. Here we go. One, two, three. Nice. I didn't drop the cat that time good for you. You're getting better at this. This one this one actually smells like last week's. It's only taking it... me 14 weeks to figure this out. <laughs> Let's see what it looks like. Let's pour it up. So it looks a lot like the, the half brow from last week. It looks very similar. I would say it's a little darker maybe. Maybe just a smidge yeah. It's got a little more amber in it, so and maybe just, the way I uh, poured it, it's got just a smidge more foam. For for the record, I I did have a uh, a listener send send a message and said that uh, Stella Artois is brewed in Belgium. I think I said it was brewed in Italy because I, yeah. I didn't know, so I just made up the first country that came to my mind. Yeah, uh, and and they contacted me and let me know that it was brewed in Belgium. So thanks for that. Yeah. Um, but I also said that the Hofbrau was the equivalent looking of, of Bud Light. It was not at all tasting like Bud Light, but it, it kind of had the color of Bud Light. This one's a little bit darker. Mm-hmm. Like I think if you poured Bud Light and Yingling into into a mixed bottle, that's the color you'd get. Yeah, maybe. It's it, not it's, quite as dark as Yingling, but darker it's, than Bud it's, Bud Light. It is somewhere in the middle of those two, between Yingling and Bud. Yeah, but I do like, I mean, that's just that's just the color, but I do like the... Smell of this one. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. I'm kind of excited about this. Let's see what happens when we do this. Now, this brewery was established in 1753. So, the old, so last week's was, what, 1500 and something? 15, yeah, that was in the mid-1500s, so this one's a couple hundred years younger, but still 250 years old. Young whippersnappers. So, <laughs> I guess we can... Let's turn them up. I'm kind of excited about this. I'm, I'm yep. tired of wasting time. Yep, Bottoms up, Warsteiner. 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 How is it that these light beers have so much depth in their flavor? I don't know. Like, I mean, so if I think of an American beer that's this color, like, I'm just, I'm looking at the color and I'm thinking Bud Light, Miller Light, something like that. And, and I mean, those are, yeah, I mean, they're, they're okay. I'm never going to go, like, buy them. Mm-hmm. But this, like, again, this is the same thing as last week. Like, it's almost like the flavor doesn't match the color. <laughs> but this is good. I feel like it should have a little bit more of the caramel flavor. I don't know if that's, I don't know if I should expect that in Oktoberfest or not. Mm hmm. Because I'm just used to it in Sam Adams. Like, Sam Adams has that caramel yeah, Home flavor. Caramels is, uh Sam Adams is a little, little stronger flavor. Um, I don't know what you think about this one. It's good. I to me, there's not much of a discernible difference between this one and the Hoffbrow. Yeah. yeah, from last week. I mean, yeah. uh, if you put those two in front of me in, in, in unmarked bottles, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference yeah. between the two. I think. Um. I feel like this one's a little heavier than the Hofbrow. It is sticking a little it's sticking with you a little little bit more. Yeah. So I'd agree with that. I mean the flavor is, is very, very similar. The color is very, very similar. The smell is very, very similar. This one just seems it's to me it seems a little bit heavier. Yeah. It it this one I don't know, are you getting the the feeling that it's like it's just kinda it's got like a longer uh Aftertaste? It's, yeah, it's just is staying with you a little bit longer. Yep, yep. That's kind of a unique. It's good though. That's a unique I like thing it. about it. Uh huh. Oh, excuse me. I don't know. I don't know if I like it as much as the Hofbräu though. But I do. I mean, I think it's really good. I think it's a good flavor. It's mm-hmm. a good. I would. I mean, I would order that if I if I were presented with the option. I think I would order that. If you were in Germany you would order that. Yeah. You know what I bet? I bet over in Germany all the all, they have like these really amazing Oktoberfest beers. Yes. When Americans come over and like, oh let's get the Warsteiner. let's get the Hofbrau, all the Hofbrau, all the Germans are like, haha, you stupid Americans. You don't really know the good stuff. <laughs> you don't know the good stuff the stuff that they don't export. Yeah. That's like that's like to get good Cuban cigars you actually have to like go to Cuba. And then smuggle back in. Yeah, this the like the what's the what's the is it CAO? That's the no, they're not the Cuban company. There's one Cuban company that now you can you can import them, but now people are saying that it's just not as good as they used to be because mm-hmm. they're basically mass producing them now. Oh yeah, there's, yeah. No, there's no embargo or whatever. Yeah. So, but what do you think? What do you? I'm gonna give this. So I'm gonna rate this on a scale of one to five. Luthers. I'm gonna give this a a good solid four. Um, I don't. I for some reason I just don't like it as much as a brow. Uh, maybe it's the heaviness. Uh, you know, because I'm ooh, burping a little bit, but you know, I I kind of I like I do like dark beers, but I kind of tend away from like stouts and porters and and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so so it's I mean, is it's good flavor. It's good look it's it's the quality of the beer is there i mean it, mm-hmm. it's it's definitely there, and you can tell i mean the germans are the the ones who are really good at beer allegedly like they're, yeah. the, they're the best um uh, and so i mean you can tell that it's just in just in the general flavor and and style of the beer yeah um so i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give four luthers out of five is what i'm gonna go with yeah I um I would say that this one is on par with a Hofbrow. Uh, okay. to, to me, I, I think these two are, those two are going to be even. So I'm, I think I'm going to have to give Varsteiner here a four and a half luthers. Four and a half. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, it's really it, to me, it, there's nothing that puts it better than Hoffbrow, But there's nothing that I can say that Hoffbrow is, you know, that Varsteiner doesn't isn't as good as Hoffbrow. Yeah. Um, there's just a minor difference in the f- in the f- flavor. Uh-huh. Um, it is very similar. Like you can yeah. tell that Oktoberfest flavor. Yeah, and I'll be interested to see if um if that if that trend continues. Yeah. Um. So with other you, Oktoberfests that we're gonna do. Have you had any other Oktoberfests that maybe we're we're not gonna review? Um. I have not. Uh, my wife has had the Yingling Oktoberfest. Yeah. I had a Yingling Oktoberfest, and, and, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, and she said it was it was pretty good. Um, it's, it's she said it was one of the better ones that she had. Um, just so the listeners know, we are I believe we're going to try to do maybe one more Oktoberfest. Yeah. Um, we know so that the, the final episode will release. The, not the final, not the final episode of the podcast. That was misleading. The uh, the final Oktoberfest yeah. episode. <laughs> so the next, epi- the next episode will release on November first. So we'll probably yeah. do one more Oktoberfest review. But we will obviously have to record it before in, it in releases, October. So we'll record it in the month of October. We we should do a live Even, you know podcast what? Since recording. We're, <laughs> since we're that would be amazing. Since we're finishing part one this week. Hmm. Uh, we should we should just we should just straight talk Oktoberfest next week. Maybe it'll be a little bit shorter. episode. I don't know. Okay, we'll spend yeah. All that idea we off, can, but yeah. But, but kind of, you guys take, are getting an inside look at the at the planning process of the <laughs> Beers of Bible podcast. We just we just fly by the we shoot from the hip here. <laughs> we, we shoot from the hip while we're recording. Yep, pretty <laughs> much what we do. <laughs> um, so something that uh, Patrick and us. No, I'm Patrick. That Rick and myself, I can't remember. We don't know. Yeah. That's something that Rick and myself are trying really, really, really hard to find is the Yingling Hershey Stout. So if so, you a bar, or if you know where we can find it, please contact us, because we are jonesing for some of that stuff. Yes. We need it yes. in our lives. In the worst it, way. The the Yingling website has led to no search results, so I don't know if it's just not out yet, and they're they're just ad- beginning to advertise it or something. Or well, that's what. misleading. <laughs> <laughs> but they have a picture of it in a cup with a Hershey's logo and a Yingling logo, and yes. I mean, worst case scenario, you and I will go get some yingling and melt down some Hershey's and just mix it up <laughs> and see what happens. It would be amazing. <laughs> may not taste good, but anyway. So, side oh, by there. So, yeah, we'll decide what we're going to do for the episode coming out on November 1. Um, not a bad idea just to kind of do an Oktoberfest review since it's kind of the... Talk some of the, the favorites that we've done on the podcast so far. Mm-hmm. It'd be fun. That'd be a fun thing to do. Maybe we'll see if we can you, find you, another guest. You want to do an Oktoberfest review, or should we do like a. We'll do all of it. I like just go review let, let's let's just review, all review all the beer that we've had in the, the first 14 episodes. Let's at least look at some of our favorites, some of our highlights. We should go get them and then rate them. We should taste them and rank, rank them against each other. Ooh, that would be fun. We kind of go against our rule of one beer it's at a time, but we should get, we can get flights. What? Oh, you don't, flight? So it's like uh, four little glasses. Okay. And and you do the tastings or whatever. Yeah. Get a flight. Let's do that. That'd be fun. We'll, we'll, we'll plan. We we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna parade uh, our listeners with our planning process here. So Varsteiner, hey, look. This is good. I'm yeah. not going to lie. This is good. It's I a, think, it's a I good think solid one. I think Martin Luther himself would have given this at least four Luthers. Yeah, I think he would have, too. I wonder if Martin Luther drank Hofbrau. I mean, that's... Well, no, I guess they're a little bit after Martin Luther. If they're in the 1500s. Because he would have... I think he died in like, 1540-something. I can't remember exactly. But uh, that's a sad day that, that wonderful German beer came came into... Brewing shortly after Martin Luther because Martin Luther did enjoy his beer. That he did. That he did. so. Yeah. But varsteiner good job. We yeah, like well it. Done. We like this Oktoberfest. I'm I'm really liking this whole Oktoberfest thing. You know, yeah. I've, I've never really dove into Oktoberfest before this, and it kind of I've makes had no well sad that October's over. Yeah. Soon. <laughs> I've, you know, as we've stated, I've kind of been a creature of habit until. Until we started this whole thing, so I would get either an apple cider thingy, you know, Angry Orchard or Reds. Or get a Bud- or get Budweiser. And if it was outside of that, I'd I i did not even bother stopping to look. I was like, play a Monopoly, don't pass go, don't collect two hundred dollars, just beeline oh, for the Budweiser. So anyway. So, so there's Starter. we give it four. From Rick, four and a half from Patrick. Yep. Um, combined score of 4.25 Luthers, which if you know us is pretty good. Yeah, that's, I mean, the Oktoberfests are trending a little higher, I think. They are. I, and I don't know, maybe it's just because we like the flavor of the Oktoberfest a little bit more. I'm um, going mean, to contend that it's just because I like beer, but I mean. Yeah, I mean that too. That too. <laughs> I haven't rated anything lower than three, I don't think. I don't think you have. I was mean to a couple of them. The Mighty Manion, I was mean to, and there was another one I wasn't... Oh, it was the Cotillion. I wasn't very nice to the Cotillion. No, you weren't. So, anyway, we'll cover all that when we do our next episode. <laughs> Go back we'll and, and review. Later, so, so, anyway. All right. So, now that we've reviewed the Varsteiner Oktoberfest, we are going to move into our next segment on our podcast. We're going to talk Concise Theology from J.I. Packer. Alright. So we're back this week and we are going to close out part one and we are going to talk the last two sections. Yeah, <laughs> finally. Jerks. Uh the last two sections could really kind of be merged into one section. Um the last two sections in part one talk about humanness. And humankind. Um, the way Packer defines humanness is he says that God made human beings in his image, and then humankind is humans are body and soul, uh, in two genders. Now that the in two genders things is, is probably a little controversial these days, but but uh, we'll we'll dive into that here. Let's let's talk a little bit about humanness. Okay. What does it mean to be human? I can only think of the killers is it the killers a song? Are we dancer or are we human? Was that the killers that did that song? I I don't listen. I didn't listen to the <laughs> killers, so I don't know. So what does it mean to be human? Um, I mean from from a biblical perspective, I mean the the go to verse is Genesis one twenty seven. That's right. That's the one Packer uses, and that's the one I I thought of from the yeah. very beginning. You know, so God created man in His own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Yeah. So, I mean, I I believe that kind of hits the nail on the head as far yeah. as what it means to be human. It's it, all. Oh, no, no, it was a Switchfoot song. New way to be human. That's the one I'm trying to think of. I'm glad you thought of that. <laughs> I can go to sleep tonight <laughs> knowing that you figured that out. <laughs> There was a killer song that, that had those other lyrics in it, but that's not the one I was trying to think of. Okay, so anyway, so, so God, it, it's basically the beginning of the Bible, right? It's God making this declaration that he made man in his own image, um, and that yeah, makes well, and that makes mankind unlike any other creature. Yeah, spirit, man is kind of like the the capstone of humanity. Oh creation ish I, I don't want to say like all of humankind because Christ is the capstone like he's the yeah the central figure he's the ultimate revelation of God in human form but but when it comes to the creation narrative and the creation the beginnings of the earth mm-hmm. uh, man is is the special creation kind of set apart from everything else yeah um, I mean well, I, God even put man into you know, in charge of creation in charge of taking care of it in charge of the animals and all that stuff too um so i mean that that right there just makes us different than anything else in creation yeah And, and and you know if if we are the special creation if we are the the ones that are supposed to be you know set apart for a specific purpose i mean and 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 realistically i mean we're the mankind is the only creation only part of creation that has like a, a i guess you could say a conscious or a a, a relational aspect to mm-hmm. to god you know um when you think about the animal kingdom or the plant kingdom or any other part of creation like it just does what it was intended to do and that's yep. what it does mm-hmm. you know a lion is a lion a lion does what a lion was intended to, to do now have lions changed over the years you know yes it's you can argue that that uh, they have adapted to certain different things you know ice age and warming and all this kind of stuff but at the end of the day a lion is uh, a hunter that eats meat that hunts hunts its prey and and that's what it was intended to do from the Mm -hmm. beginning you know uh, an elephant has a trunk and blows water and looks cool i mean that's that's what an elephant was intended to do yeah you know, and if you're an Alabama fan, you say "Roll Tide," and, and I'm not an Alabama fan because never mind. <laughs> but. Careful, <laughs> but yeah, everything in everything God created has a specific purpose, and that includes the creatures He created. That includes yeah. and and ultimately, that comes down to us as human. Yeah, we have a specific purpose. Yeah. And, and we were, we were created in a perfect creation. And and this is like, I was flipping forward to, to kind of look at part two and and part two starts with the fall, which Mm -hmm. is the destruction of humanness. Yeah. the, The fall is, is the destruction of what God created perfectly. Um, and so, you know, sin entered the world because of Adam and Eve and, and because... We have sin in the world now. We don't actually know what perfect creation looked like, right? You know, we can we can guess, and we can say this, and we can say that, but, but we don't we don't have a, a video camera recording of Adam and Eve before the fall. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what a perfect world looks like, right? We know what a, we know what a condemned world looks like. We know what a fallen world looks right. like, right? And even in the fallen world, you know. Uh, we still see glimpses of God's glory in that and that and, and we still and and when you relate that specifically to humanness I mean we we still have to see and and this is part of what goes into the way that Christians should apply their worldview is they should see other people other other humans as bearing the image of God so it should yeah. affect the way that we interact with other humans because mm-hmm. That human has the same image of God that you have received. Yeah. Um, and if you if you're alive, you're bearing the image of God mm-hmm. whether whether you profess Christ or not. Yeah. And that I mean that's the that's the, the glorious part about it is is God has given you life through common grace. hmm and 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 you have life. Uh and and you either are glorifying God or you're not glorifying God. Yeah. With that life, with that humanness that you have been given. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. I, um, you're talking about the every, every person is made in the image of God. Um, I read a book by a guy named Brett McCracken. the, the title of the book is called Uncomfortable. He sounds German. I don't know if he is. He sounds like a sea monster. <laughs> Get to the McCracken is what it kind of sounds like. So, but, um, and he talks about, you know, part of being a believer is seeing Everyone, as image bearers of God, not just people who worship like you or dress like you or live in the same neighborhood as you or work with you or whatever it is, and he, you know, he poses this question, and it's it's a hard one to pose. And you know, when I ask people this question, I get a really weird look, and it's, you know, he was right. He wrote he wrote the book. Uh, around the time when all like the Syrian refugee stuff was going on, you remember that, yeah. And um, you know, the, the question he posed was, if a Syrian refugee knocked on your door, what is the most, what is the more Christ-like response to to see that person as an image bearer of the God you serve and the God of the universe and the God of creation, mm-hmm. and invite that person into your home and and house them and feed them and, and, you know, provide for their physical needs Mm -hmm. or to slam the door in their face and say, no, I'm not letting you into my home because you're an illegal. Yeah. You know, because, because you're, because you're not here legally, you know, but you know, and it's something I've really struggled with too, is like tomorrow our country could cease to exist. Yeah. Would God still be sovereign? Absolutely. And the answer is yes. Yeah. You know? Well, you yeah, I mean and, and that's I mean, that's gonna kinda hit on hit on something that's that that some people take issue with and that's, you know, should we have should should there be flags in in worship centers, you know? I know. Hey, uh, and and one of the and and I'm just you know, I'm gonna say this across the board. I'm not, you know, we we've already revealed that we're in the United States, so obviously if you walked into a church in America, and you saw an American flag. It, you know, we wouldn't think anything about that. But then I had somebody. It was a missionary actually challenged me one time. They said, "You know, if you if you go to a foreign country or whatever, you don't see that. You don't see flags, national flags, because because many times, and in these and a lot of these countries, churches are persecuted by the state." Mm-hmm. so we i mean and, and I've heard the argument that you know the one of the reasons they do put the flag is because we're not persecuted, so we we remember we look at the flag and we remember we live in a country that we're free, you know that we're free to do that and i, and I you know okay i can I can somewhat understand that, but I still think you know if you get a if you get a Syrian Christian and he walks into your church and the first thing he sees or she sees is... An American flag I mean the the question becomes okay are they here to worship the flag or are they here to worship God yeah um you know and and, and that's a stroke and, and <clears> I think <throat> if we're going to display if we're going to display one flag we should display all the flags yeah because, because Christianity is not bound by a, a national border yeah the, the god the god of the United States is the same... The God that is sovereign over the United States is the same God that's sovereign in the Middle East or yeah, China or... Exactly. ...or anywhere, anywhere, any yeah. other country, so... Yeah, whether they acknowledge him or not... Yeah. ...that's, you know, that's... And it's it's interesting because I, I think I said last week that I've been going through um the histories of, like, Israel, so reading through, like, Chronicles and Kings and all that kind of stuff, and and one of the things that I've learned, and I did not know this before for the last few months, but... But uh a lot of pagan religions in that time were believed that gods were specific to specific areas mm-hmm. so like if you were in Israel, you had the the God of Israel. if you were in Egypt, you had the God of Egypt and and even inside of countries you'd have specific gods for specific areas. so if you were in that area you had to worship that whatever God was assigned to that area. so you get the, the Israelites and then these people come into the Israelites um, and they they mix and mingle with the Israelites and they start bringing in these other gods, but they also worship, you know, Yahweh, the God of Israel, because they believe, these pagan religions believe that Yahweh is the God of, you know, this area, this land. And so, you you know, you end up with this crazy mixture of stuff. Well, you know, the reality is, and, and we know as believing Christians that, you know, God is sovereign over every country. God is sovereign over mm-hmm. everything. And, and so... You know he's not bound by a border, and so we shouldn't try to bind him by a border, or say that that his his people are bound by a border. Yeah, you know. So I I don't know. It's, I don't I don't I don't really particularly want to get into immigration because we could we could make a lot of people mad doing that. You could <laughs> you know? But regardless of how you feel about immigration, you still have to look at somebody. As the image bearer of God, mm-hmm. and so you know, uh, if if you believe what Scripture says, then you have to believe that every person who is living and breathing bears the image of God. Yeah. How are you going to honor the image of God in that person? Becomes a yeah. question because their their humanness is bound up in that God made them. They are distinctly human. They are a special creation mm-hmm. of God, and that's what it means to be human is to be a special creation of God. And so so how are you gonna honor that humanness and, and how are you going to to show love to that person as an image bearer of God? Yeah. You know? So um but related to humanness is the topic of humankind, the actual, you know, and this and this again as we said these two were gonna kinda overlap. So we may go back and forth on these mm-hmm. but but as humans we are um, we are, uh, and, and some people may differ, but I believe we are what's called dichotomous. Okay. So we have two aspects. So you have monochotomous is one, dichotomous is two, or trichotomous is three. All right? Um, monocotomous means everything's blended together. You're just a human being. Most, like when you talk about monochotists, monochotomists, um, people believe that, you know, uh, God is in everything. God is everything. You're, you know, you, you end up with these Eastern religions of... Pantheism and panentheism and uh, Buddhism and and take your other you know isms mm-hmm. and and just kind of throw them in there. That's that's where they fall. And then uh, where I would fall is I would say, okay, we are a body, we are a physical body, but we are also a soul. So we're body and soul. So we're dichotomous. Um, and and the people who would say try is they would they would believe that we're body, soul, and spirit. Okay. Uh, and I don't think I don't think. There's a biblical reason to separate soul and spirit. I think soul and spirit can can be combined together because your soul and spirit kind of define your conscience. Right. Um, And I think Packer, Packer talks about that a little bit when he says um, that we are not trichotomous people. I can't remember where it was. Oh yeah, here it is. So, all right. So this is what Packer says. He says, biblical usage leads us to say that we have and are both souls and spirits. But this is a mistake to think that a soul and spirit are two different things. A trichotomous view of man as a body, soul, and spirit is incorrect. The common idea that the soul is an organ of this worldly awareness and only that the spirit of a distinct organ of communion with God that is brought to life with regeneration is out of step with the biblical teaching and word usage. Mm-hmm. So, so he, he, he basically makes the same, same argument that, that these two really just kind of belong together. The right. soul and spirit belong together, and that's that's what that's going back to that's kind of our part of our humanness is you know animals have hearts and livers and intestines and digestive systems the same that we do mm-hmm. but but what we have different is we have rational abilities we have you know a- animals even have brains but but our brains function so much differently than the animals do because we have rational abilities we have. Communication of verbal communication abilities that animals don't have we mm-hmm. have, you know we have these different things, and that's where the the soul and the spirit uh kind of combination comes in and separates us from the rest of creation that's what makes us humankind versus just humanness you know yeah no, a I mean, lot out there real fast. no 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 you're <laughs> fine and no I, I i agree I would say that I would agree with you I, I don't think that you know body soul and spirit are you can, i don't think you can separate those into three mm-hmm. I, it doesn't make sense for soul and spirit to be two different things um yeah or two separate entities in and of themselves um and, unless you believe in something like reincarnation because then you're like your, your spirit goes and, and, and inhabits another soul and you're you know so, a different person or you're a cow or you're a you know. Yeah, I don't they even that. believe cows have souls and spirits and stuff like that. So that's that's weird. That's where that's where trichotomous thinking kind of leads. Gotcha. That's why Piper's or Packer says, you know, the, that's a that's a wrong usage of the word. Gotcha. Gotcha gotcha. Um yeah, it, Packer goes on to say that the embodiment of the soul is integral to God's design for mankind. Through the body, as we said earlier, we are to experience our environment, enjoy and control things around us, and relate to other people. Um, and then he continues that. Death, the soul, leaves the defunct body behind. And this is not the happy release that Greek philosophers and some cultists have imagined. Christian hope is not redemption from the body, but redemption of the body. Yeah. So, um... You know this, this. actually brings up an interesting topic for for Christians to ponder. Okay. To do you cremate or do you not cremate? I mean, <coughs> it's a whole lot cheaper to cremate. I'm just gonna say that it is. And I mean, if we believe that God is all powerful, then He can He can restore us from the ashes. Yeah. He can. I mean, and He does make beauty from ashes. That's yes, He does. And then, and then that's the argument, but but there's there's the group there's a group of Christians, and the, and it's perfectly legitimate to have this view. I don't I don't particularly have a view of cremation versus non cremation, but you know they say that in our resurrected bodies, um, because our because our responsibility is to is to is to take care of our body, then you know we should not be cremated, but we should be buried so that when when Christ comes back and He restores us, there's a body to restore there's a physical, you know, bones or whatever to restore. And while I understand that, I, I say I, the the retort that I always kind of throw out there that, that nobody really likes is, well, what about the martyrs who were burned, essentially mm-hmm. cremated alive? <laughs> you know, what about those martyrs? And they say, oh, well, they'll be restored. I was like, well, if they'll be restored, is it too hard to think that he can restore a cremated body? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, it's a it's a discussion. It's a non-issue realistically between between Christians. It should be a non-issue. I'm sure yeah. there are people that, that make everything an issue. But mm-hmm. but it's just a it's a fun discussion to yeah. have between between two different Christians. So yeah, should you be cremated or should you not? Yeah, and and like I know we've said this before. But at the end of the day, is that a big enough deal? No, you no. know. Yeah, it it doesn't affect your salvation. So there's, there's no reason to get up in arms about it. There's not there I mean, there's not, much, not not much scripturally or anything really that that talks about that. So, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those discussions you can have, but um let's talk about male and female. Let's do it. <laughs> let's let's make let's make all of the liberals cry so we can sop up their liberal tears. Okay. Well, remember the they are image bearers of God, so they are. And I just like to I just like to throw little quips out there, but but uh, it to me, anybody who who tries to say there are more than two genders is is directly in violation of what Scripture says. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I mean, if you want to say, and and what I'm what I'm willing to. To say is that, you know, there there is a legitimate case for somebody being a a uh, trans person if they actually possess both sets of biological parts that require that person to be that gender. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, I mean, I think biologically you would call that person a hermaphrodite. Mm-hmm. Um, so a hermaphrodite is realistically the only version of a transgender person that should be acceptable mm-hmm. you know if, if I would woke up in the morning and decided no I'm going to be called a woman today uh, that doesn't make me a woman I'm still a man I still have all of the man yeah. parts mm-hmm. that require me to be a man that make yeah. me a man that <laughs> I have the bone structure of a man Yeah. Uh, you know I have the low intelligence of a man I mean all of these things that, <laughs> that, that make me make me a man yeah. that make me a male uh, you know, are still there regardless of what I, what I say. One of my, one of my favorite uh, theologians to follow is a guy named Al Mohler, uh, and he has a podcast in the mornings that I listen to. It's like 30 minutes long, but he always says this thing that ontology trumps autonomy. And so we can say uh, that we're a certain thing. We can autonomously say whatever we want to say. I can say I'm a female, but, mm-hmm. but my ontology, the, your ontology is what you are. Yeah, like you know the sky is black at night it it, it is that's what it is you can say it's anything else but that doesn't change what it actually is that's its ontology so my ontology is that i have male body parts i have male bone structure i have male dna i have male you know all of me Classifies if 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 I were if I died and nobody knew and somebody found my body and they did test they would say this person was a male. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and so for me to walk around and say I'm a female is kind of ludicrous, right? And so, and it goes against what Scripture teaches. Yeah, yeah. Scripture is pretty clear that there's male and female, and that's it. And that God created. Yeah. When God created Adam and Eve, he created them man and woman. He didn't create man and woman with like asterisks next to them (laughs) that say they could decide to be whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted. Like, but that's, that's part of, that's part of God's process of creation was creating man and creating woman. Yeah. Creating the male and female and creating them with specific purposes, um, yeah, and men can do things women can't do, and women can do things man, men can't do. And, and pretending that, you know, as a man, pretending I, I'm a woman, or saying I'm a woman, not even just pretending, but like claiming that I'm a woman, yeah. goes against everything yeah. biologically that God created me to be. Yeah. Um, there's a great uh, clip. Have you, have you seen the clip of um, Ben Shapiro... On like a news talk show thing, and like one of the people on there is like a tr- a man who's transitioning to a woman, and he basically asks her, like or he asks him, her. Is it safe to say it? I don't know. I don't want like, to. I don't want to get like. I don't. I don't want to get a mad email from somebody. But he, but he asks the individual, well, "What is your?" Genetic, you know, like, what's your DNA say you are, basically. And and the and the person says, you cut that out, or I'll send you home in an ambulance. And they're having, like, a political di- discussion, you know? <laughs> they're just having, like, a, a political, like, general political discussion about transgenderism and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's the response of the man who's going to, who's becoming a woman or... So... If you haven't seen that video? It's great. I have it, to look yeah. that one up. That yeah. sounds fun. I like Ben Shapiro. He's fun to listen to. He is. He's so much smarter than I am. He's the only podcast that I can't listen to it like one and a half or two speed. A lot of so to, fast because he talks so fast anyway. <laughs> I listened to one of his books, and um, there were times I'd be like, "I've been listening to this for forty-five minutes. I don't know what he said." <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. I, so I could follow that. But but anyway, so, but, you know, Packer, back to Packer. We're, <laughs> I feel like we're rabbit-trailing a little bit tonight. Yeah, we are but, a little bit, but it's fine. It's okay. So, but, um, but Packer says, you know, that the male and female are to complement each other. The genders complement each other. Um, and it's not just in marriage and family life and uh, procreation, but also in... Um. Well, he doesn't dive into extra, and in, in, doesn't list anything else. He just says, "In life's wider activities, also, yeah." <laughs> so I don't. I guess that means work, church. Yeah. Well, uh, so so all right. Let's let's give a common, uh, politically charged. You know why not? Let's go politics here. Let's. I thought let's we weren't take, gonna do this. We, well. I'm, I'm three quarters of a beer in, so we might as well do it now. You're only three quarters of a beer in. Okay, I'm like seven eighths. Okay. But uh, but let's okay. So let's talk about um the the pay the pay gap. So the charge from uh, the feminist crowd is that women get paid less to do jobs, the same jobs than men do. Okay. Um. Now, when you statistically like, we, and it's it's almost impossible to break it down to um to like an, an apples to apples comparison. Because when you're saying and, and and I think the way they the way they justify it is they say a woman CEO makes less than a man CEO. Okay. And and so but what they what they don't account for is that um, you know, typically a man who is a CEO works uh more hours than a woman who is a CEO. He mm-hmm. works a longer work week. He works, you know, he he does He's been at it longer than a woman CEO. Yeah. Um. He's put in more years than a woman CEO. And so, you know, there's there's a lot of these other mitigating factors. And and I think the probably the biggest example that we've seen in the in the news and in the media recently was like the men's soccer team versus the women's soccer team. Uh, yeah. Was, I remember soccer that. Teams. Mm-hmm. So so you know they they came out and they said you know the men are making more than the women and the women have won the world cup or whatever it is the the thing like four times or something crazy like they're they're apparently insanely good at soccer uh, which is i mean it's awesome go you know go gals that's great for you but even having won the world cup so many times on the women's side of the fence uh they still don't generate the revenue that men's soccer does right so if you break it down to like because the, the way the soccer team gets paid is they get paid a portion of the sales of, you know, whatever. It's a percentage. So, so the women actually make a higher percentage than the men do. But that percentage doesn't equate to the same amount of dollars. Because mm-hmm. the revenue coming in is so much less. Right. But the rev- that doesn't have anything to do with what the company actually pays or what the, the federation actually pays. So the the men actually get paid less than the women do, even though the women, when you're talking percentages, the men get paid less. Mm-hmm. Even though the women have a higher percentage, they don't make as much money. So, you know, again, and and that's the that's the part of the the equation that you're never told about. All you right. hear is that women make less money. Well, okay, if 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 I have a hundred dollars and somebody else has a thousand dollars. And I get you know ten percent of a hundred dollars. Well, I've got ten dollars. Well, they get five percent of of thousand dollars, and they've got five hundred dollars. Well, he's got more money than me. That's not you how know. that math works. That's, that's yeah, that's not right. It's five dollars. Yeah, but five so percent so, I mean, of ten thousand dollars. I five percent of five percent of a thousand dollars would work. It would be fifty dollars. Yeah, fifty dollars, and that's more than the ten yeah. percent of a hundred dollars that you got. Yeah, yeah, you know, but but he got, you know, he, got, like, he well, got he got he got more dollars. He got less percentage of the overall revenue. Yeah, than you got of the revenue from your end, but he still made more money. But he dollar for money. dollar. Yeah, you know, they had to generate a thousand dollars to make fifty, whereas I only had to generate a hundred dollars to make ten. Yeah. So if I generated a thousand, I'd make a hundred. Yeah. You know, and so so you, you, you have to look at the whole situation, um, you know, when it, when it comes to male and female. But anyway, but but all that to say that that men and women have different roles. Mm-hmm. OK, men and women have a different job to do. Yep. OK, now we can't. What, what The problem that we've done in society is we have monetized everything, you know. I'm I'm grateful that my wife cooks because if I cooked, we would be eating burnt water uh, every night. <laughs> I like the look you're giving me right now. <laughs> that is a, that would be. Can you make me some burnt water? Burnt water. I mean, I'm I'm. That's how terrible of a cook I am. Like I burn water, um, but my wife is is an amazing cook and she can cook all this wonderful food. Mm-hmm. You know, but but if she were out, you know, working twelve hours a day, she wouldn't have time to cook that wonderful food. Right. So we'd be having burnt water all the time, yeah. You know, um, and so yeah. we need to we need to recognize that not everything in society is about what your what your how you are being monetized. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the challenge, especially in in our in our countries because everything is so money driven. You know, yeah. we 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 strive for, you know to make an extra dollar so we can have the new iPhone or have, you know, buy a bigger house max, or yeah. iPhone 11 max, you know, two
1: yeah, terabytes or whatever. And it's, <laughs> and,
0: it, and it's all about keeping up with, with the new, the new thing. And you know, we have yeah. to remember that, you know, we have roles to do in what are, or we have jobs to do. And those jobs can't, aren't always going to be able to be, we're not always going to make money for the things that we do. Yeah, but you, you can't find you cannot find your worth in your financial success or your not financial success. No, nope. you can't find your worth in in the accolades that are given to you. You can't find your worth in what you make or earn. You have to find your worth in Christ. You have to mm-hmm. find your worth, your maleness, your femaleness, your humanness, your humankind. <laughs> All of that has to be rooted in the person and work of Christ. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to be a failure. Yeah. In your in your eyes, in your you know, you'll yeah. never be successful enough. Yeah. And I mean, and and I would like I would continue I would continue to just say that you know you can't find your worth in your wife or your no. husband or your kids or your job or you know whatever anything you could possibly do like. If your worth is found in anything other than Jesus, you've got an idol in your life. Yeah. And yeah, you're, you're and, falling into idolatry. And you need to reassess your priorities. You need to go back and listen to our podcast on idolatry. Yes. Whichever <laughs> episode that was, like seven or eight or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, when it comes down to humanness and humankind, uh, at the end of the day, man is the special creation. Mm-hmm. Of God, man is created male and female, and anything outside of that is a distortion of what God created. It's a distortion of creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking from the Bible, you know, and I, I realize that's not a popular thing to say these days, but right, but one because of because the Bible is is my uh, my source of authority because the Bible is where I derive my standard for. Morality and ethics—that is the conclusion that I have to come to, and I can't—I can't deviate from that standard, you know. Um, so, so, and 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 that also the Bible, that Bible also tells me that every single person is in is is given by their creator a special—they call it the imago Dei, the image of God—and mm-hmm. um, and I have to recognize that in that person. Whether I like that person or not. Yeah. I have to recognize that. Yeah. And that's and, that's what it means to see the humankind or to see the humanness in every mm-hmm. person. Yeah. And that's really hard, man, because sometimes people just rub you the wrong way or treat you the wrong way or they just aren't likable. Yeah. Like and, you know I, I guess i I guess it's more, you know, in relation to like your kids or whatever but like i've I've heard like i'll 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 love you i don't really like you right now (laughs) like and i I think that's got to be the mentality we have with you know with people who are image bearers of god like people are gonna you know people are gonna treat you wrong people are gonna people are gonna take advantage of you and you have to remember that they bear the image of god the way you bear the image of god yeah you are called to love them despite how they treat you. I mean, yeah, Jesus are, you know, our great example to follow on the cross says, father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. They don't know what they're doing. So, well, I mean, if you read, if you read the, the book of first Peter, you'll find time and time again, where first, where Peter is saying, Hey, regardless of how they treat you, you know, you have to, you have to show them Christ. You have mm-hmm. to be an example. You have to be the one that says, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm I'm going to honor you as a person who is who is who is given the uh, the Imago Day, You know, and, yeah. and he's specifically talking to Christians. Yeah. And he's saying, you know, when your masters mistreat you, because uh, back then Christians would have been slaves. But you know, when your employers mistreat you, when when your wife mistreats you, when you know whatever it is, you know, you still have to respond with love toward that person. Mm-hmm. Which is hard. Yeah. But I think in the instances that we do it, and, like, I, Lord knows I fail all the time at that. But in the instances that we do it, like, how much of a testimony of Jesus is that? Oh, man. That we, that, you know, we can be treated this horrible, terrible way or have this thing, you know, this terrible thing done to us, and we still treat the other person with love and respect and, yeah. you know. Yeah, and, and, and Grayson. Uh, here's a fun one. Here's a fun one right here. So one of the one of the most common things that they always say is they go back to the teaching of Jesus in the in the Sermon on the Mount, and and one of one of the I'm just going to pull one little section out of there. But he says basically, you know, if someone asks you to to walk a mile with their back with their with their stuff on your back, you know, walk two miles. Mm-hmm. And and you know, while the sentiment behind that is there, there there's actually a little bit more. To the historical reason why he would have said that so in that day roman soldiers were were well known for you know forcing people to carry their stuff for them Hmm. but the the law said that the person could only carry it for one mile and then the roman soldier had to take it back and if they didn't take it back they were basically breaking the law and so jesus looked at them and says hey carry it another mile do it you know, show them you're going to go two miles, but but what it does is it shows that person, hey man, I'm I want this. You're going to break the law because I love you so much. It's, it's almost yeah. what it comes down to. But it, but it's this, you know, it's a thing where you turn what something that they intended to be hurtful to you, you turn it back onto them and say. Man, this is not hurtful to me. I'll go ob- over and above I'll go the extra what I'm supposed mile. to do. Yeah, Ooh, nice one. <laughs> I mean, I I wonder if that's where that came from. It might be. So. Yeah, I'm sure it was, but but you know, it's it's and, and you when you look at it that way, you're kind of like, okay, that that might be a little bit spiteful, but but the the point is that that you you go above and beyond what is required of you. Mm-hmm. Um. To say to say, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to show the love of God to this person. Yeah. So that's a good discussion on humanness and humankind. Yeah. Uh, so I think we we've hashed it out and we have made it through part one. That the is part one of concise theology. theology. Packer has hit on what was the I know the title the title of part two is God is the Redeemer. I can't remember. I think it's the knowledge of God. Is that what it is? Was the Sounds, Title Part One. Uh all the way back to my table of contents. Hang on, I got out. it. I got it. God revealed his creator. Creator. Yeah. So section one was God as Creator. Section two we're going to be talking about God as Redeemer. Uh and what that means. And of course we're going to kick that off with the fall. And we may pick that up next week or we may we may wait another week on yeah. that one. We may we may talk about some of these fun things that we've gone over the last 14, <coughs> 14 weeks here. But uh, Patrick, if they want to find us on social media, where can they do that? Yeah, so um, we're on the Instagram at beers and bible underscore. We're on Twitter at beers and bible p one. You can email us at uh, beers and bible podcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Give us your thoughts. Send us messages, suggestions. Email us. Tell us your favorite Oktoberfest. Tell us anything. We'd love to hear from somebody. <laughs> We've got crickets yeah. right now. At some point, we'll be more active in the uh, on the socials. <laughs> we say that every week and then we never do. <laughs> well, it's it's hard because we don't want to reveal. You know, <clears throat> basically anything. all we can do is post about the beer we review and you know. pretty much. I mean, we can start taking pictures of like the sky or something i guess i don't know maybe, maybe we'll do that Once we, if you have any ideas you yeah know, marketing people out there have any ideas of what we can do help us yeah. out <laughs> we're we're obviously not very good at this <laughs> it's okay we're we're doing i think we're doing fine we're doing it for us yes we're doing it i us. haven't even looked to see how many people have listened to last week's we're about we're about average But there we are. There's our discussion. We're glad you joined us. We're glad you hung out with us for a little while. It's been fun. And until next week, have fun with your Oktoberfests.
1: And peace out. See ya. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast.